Folks, today we are continuing on with a message series that, uh, believe it or not, Micah is going to be carrying the bulk of this series. He'll get back to it next week. And it is called uh, From Setbacks to Comebacks. And I, I think that's always, always and forever timely to think about that. Because we're, doesn't it feel like we're always right in the middle of a setback? And sometimes we don't get the chance to sort of rejoice in the comeback kind of stuff, right? Everybody loves a good comeback story. But it's easy to forget that comebacks are impossible without the setbacks happening first. That's the way all good stories go, right? When it comes to movies, it comes from the childhood stories that we've, we've heard, and it's true to life. And, and, you know, of course we think about comebacks, we think about sports, Yeah. Like in basketball, like the team that comes back from being down 30 points to win like in the final minute. Or, you know, shooting that last second buzzer beater. Or um, being down three games in a best of seven series and coming back. But, but what I love, I mean, you know, we get excited about that for a little while. Five minutes and then we're done, right? But the, the kind of comebacks that I love, and, and I'm sure that you are right there with me, are the kind of comebacks like when, when somebody gets clean. You, you, have you ever had somebody come to you and say, look at this, you know, here, here's my token. My token for my one-year token, right? My one-year medallion. I love that kind of a comeback story. Or somebody who... Uh, tells me about their marriage, which was just in shambles, and they were on two different paths, and they come and tell me, yeah, we're together, we're restored. Something new is happening. It's like a new start. I love that kind of comeback story. Or, or somebody who loses a job, and it looks like, uh, like this is the end. It looks like it is a dead end. It looks like a closed door, and then it, it's just a springboard. God opens the door to a new career. I love that kind of a comeback. Or and we've seen that. God's been good and gracious in our, in our midst that there are people who've been sick and they've been on a path to wellness. So keep on praying for them. I love the story of Adam Burke, right? Some of you may have gotten to know him a little bit already. If you come to our second service, he's the guy that comes dancing up the aisles once in a while, right? To show that God's healing him bit by bit. But there is a process, right? It, it's not just a word. A setback to a comeback is a journey, and it's a tough journey. And, and the thing that can trip us up, the thing that can almost put in jeopardy that we're going to get to the comeback is discouragement. That's the great enemy. And if you've come this morning feeling discouraged, which I have to believe that that is some of you today, maybe all of you, maybe most of you, you came on the right Sunday. You, you need to hear this today. You came on a good week. You know what it's like, right, to feel exhausted and tired and weary. This is what makes us want to give up at the setback before you get to the comeback. That's the way it is in life. It's easier to start something than to finish something. It's easier to make a commitment than to keep a commitment. Don't give up. And, you know, we, this is the stupidest picture, right, but you see it all over the place. You used to see this like 30 years ago. I know, right? Really trite, right? Just hang in there. But there's truth to it, and it's kind of what we're talking about today. Don't give up. Don't give up. So today I'm praying that you are, are, God fills you with the courage to persevere. I hope you hear that today. Don't give up. I have to believe there's someone that needs to hear that today. Desperately, don't give up. 
Now, there's a, an amazing story in the Bible. It's found in Luke chapter 18. If you have your Bibles or maybe on your YouVersion app, you can just look that up. It's uh, Luke chapter 18. It's a story that Jesus told. Or you can just follow along on the screen. It says that one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And I think Jesus is saying the answer to that is obvious, though it doesn't feel like it. That's that last question that Jesus asks. Some of us just sort of leave it there. Will God keep putting me off? And some of you might be feeling like that's what God is doing in your life lately. But let's unpack the story just for a moment. Right? So Jesus is telling a story about a widow. And in our day, in 2020, it's good news. In our culture, widows can be highly educated. They can be wealthy. They can be self-sufficient. They can do anything. They're just as valuable as anybody else. But in the first century AD, when Jesus was speaking these words, you could assume that a widow was uneducated, was poor, was unemployed, unemployable, and vulnerable. No power, no status, no connections. Someone in, who was a widow in the first century was dependent, unfortunate, and honestly, the people looked at them and they pitied them. That's who they were. And this widow was being harassed and attacked somehow some way she had a case before the courts and nothing was happening she was waiting it was delayed and I don't know how long it would be you can imagine months you can imagine years things get tied up waiting 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 and uh, you know there are probably more than two types of people but there are two types of people in this world and uh, one type of people unfortunately I find myself more like this uh, than I should be it's like I say okay you know I'll just I'll wait. I won't say anything. I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to rock the boat. You know, I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. That, that's what I often do. This woman was like way on the opposite side. She said, I am going to fight for what's mine. This is not right. This is unjust. And I am going to do something about it. And she nagged. She hounded I mean, back then, you know, I don't know why he didn't get a restraining order against her because she was just constantly, the story seems to go, that she was after him. It's like, rule in my favor. This isn't right. I can't wait. You've got to do something over and over and over again. And uh, the, the big question, I think, that, that just sticks in my mind. Like, why didn't she give up? Honestly, I, I think that. It's like I probably would have given up. Like I probably have done too many times in my life. Why didn't she give up? What was the secret to her tenacious grit and her determination? 
I, I want to know what that secret is because I think that's really important in life. I, I think that would clear up a lot of the messes in my life. I think that would give me more peace to know that. Her grit, her determination, it worked because the unjust just, uh, judge said, enough already. Here, I just want to get you out of my hair. And she didn't care why he did what he did because he ruled in her favor. And then Jesus explains the meaning of this parable in verse 1. Don't, don't forget it. It says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. I love that. And if that's all that you take away today, those, those three words, never give up, then this will be worth it. I think that's what God is speaking to us today. But until that comeback happens in our life, we have to go through a waiting period. And, and it's like a wilderness waiting is. There's this idea in the Bible, and it's especially picked up in the Old Testament, uh, of waiting for God. In Psalm 27, verse 14, it says this. A beautiful, beautiful psalm that speaks about, like, it's filled with hope, and it's filled with courage, and it's filled with, 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 with all sorts of good things about confidence about God. And then at the very end of the psalm, it talks about the process from getting to the setback to the comeback. And it's this, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, because that's what it takes to wait patiently. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. It's, it's, what you, it's what we need to hear sometimes, right? It's not easy. It's a wilderness. But I think too often we put uh, a period where God puts a comma. So don't, don't do that. Don't put a period where God puts a comma. At that point in the story where we're most tempted to give up, at that point between setback and comeback that you are most tempted to give in and give up and just throw out the case, keep going. Keep waiting. Because so many of the things that you're going through, whether you're waiting for something or whether you're suffering or whether you are in the midst of uncertainty in a relationship, it's not a period. It's not a closed door. It's a comma. And that's, with God's help, we can make it those things as we keep waiting on God and praying about them. Uh, there's, this, uh, there's this tension between, you know, waiting for God and being patient, right? And then being bold. And this story kind of blows away uh, that, that paradox in my mind. Right, because I often think, well, if you know, I got to be the good, the good boy. I got to be the good kid, and uh, just sort of hold my peace, and just sort of take my lumps and be quiet about it. But this woman, this persistent widow, didn't do that, and I think it's really inspiring to me. It kind of jars me a little bit that that God's saying, well, maybe in following me, God's saying, there's more. Maybe maybe I'm to boldly ask for things. Not in a selfish way, but, but to know what God wants and to know what I want and to, to ask for those things. Well, God is listening. That's what this parable shows. Even if you can't see it, and wrestling with God, not just accepting things, is also a part of this journey of following Jesus, to wrestle with him. And that's what I learned from this story. I think, of the, the parable of the persistent widow. 
but it's hard. Waiting is hard. Uh, I like what Jim Cimbala said. Uh, I've, I've shared this with you before. I like it. Uh, it, it, is, it has become something that's become very dear to me. The hardest part of faith is the waiting, and the hardest part of waiting is the last half hour. Right? I just, the waiting, you just never know when God's going to come through. You just never know when you're going to get to the other side. You just never know when the comeback's going to happen. So hold on. Hang on. Don't give up. But that doesn't mean that our waiting is just some passive thing. Like I, I sit down, I, you know, I, I, I close the door and hide from the world. Waiting is very active, I think, in God's economy. Waiting means that, that there, there's this, this purpose in the struggle. There's a purpose in the wrestling. Like it says in James chapter 1, uh, there's, a, there's a good passage there that speaks about how there's there's purpose. There's, there's something to do in our struggles and in those tests. And here's what it says. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, those are setbacks, right? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Well, I don't totally understand that last part, but I get the first part, right? The tests develop endurance. They strengthen some kind of interior gut muscles inside of me. They grow my courage, as hard as it is. It's very active. Like when I'm wrestling, I pray hard. That's what you do. You pray hard. You, you grow deep. You fellowship, like you, you cling to other people. You serve, you keep on serving. You keep on doing that as you're waiting, as you're holding on. But it doesn't mean you don't have questions, right? And uh, some of the big questions are, God, where are you? Where have you been all this time? And uh, I, I think that, you know, often it's in the midst of our setback that we really lose focus and lose sight of who God is and how great he is. Because God truly is the God who, who you might be thinking, you know, well, why do I have to wait? And God gets to call all the shots. He knows what's going to happen. And, and it seems kind of unfair and unequal, and truly it is, between us and God. But do you realize how often God waits for you? Do you get it? Right? God has been incredibly patient with you. When I think about my life, how many times I've fallen and disappointed God I must have broken his heart a million times. And he's been patient with me. Or how many times he's asked me to do something and I've been like, you know, that old story of Jonah where I've gone the other way. How patient God is with me through my failures and through, you know, my, my kind of stubborn wanderings. God is incredibly patient. He is, you know, He's the one that hangs in there. God is perfectly persevering. One of the questions that God asked a few weeks ago, and I don't think I answered it really well in our Q&A, which, which I hope to do in just a few minutes, is, is does God, like when does God give up on me? How long does it take? What's the trigger for God to give up on me? But you know what? When I, when I see how persevering and how, how faithful God is, I, I got to ask the question, does God ever give up on me? His care for you is so perfect, and it is so complete. Do you ever escape the gravity of God's care? 
God's plan perseveres through your failure. Grace perseveres in your life no matter how many times you fall. Grace is still there. I, I, I think that the, the living example of that perseverance of God is found in Jesus who hung there on the cross. He persevered in his suffering and he did it for you. He held on. He did not give up. He did not give in. He kept on fighting for you till the very end, which became a new beginning for you. You know, it's said that we uh, live in a throwaway culture. You know, do you believe that? Throwaway society where it's easy to throw stuff away. And we do it so often, right? Things don't get fixed very much anymore. Uh, we just throw it away and buy something new. We replace something really quickly. And, and uh, you know, there's this whole line of products. We call them disposable. Yeah? They're short-lived. And, and living in a throwaway culture, it, it kind of conditions us to think about life that way. We find it harder and harder to hold on to things and to people and even to God. Because it's like, oh, I just want something new. We get conditioned that way. But, but we need more of, you know, we've been taught in the midst of this throwaway culture, we've got to recycle more, we've got to use more, we've got to repurpose more, we've got to renew more stuff. God does that with you. God doesn't throw things away. He resurrects them, and that includes you. Even off of the garbage heap, God is going the distance with you. That is who God is. So when God says, don't give up, that's who he is. He's saying, it's like, take, take just a little bit of a step from me, because that's what God is. He doesn't give up. So again, just remember, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Um, there's this passage that's become so important to a lot of us. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, and, and it says, uh, that we're surrounded by this huge cloud of witnesses and they're cheering us on. And so we got to run the race. And it says, let us run the race of life with endurance. The race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, the author and perfecter of our faith. faith. That is Jesus. But let's face the reality there's so much that would set us back. There's so much that tempts us to give in, and for each of us, it's different. When you're suffering, you just want it to be over, and you want to give up. Maybe that describes you today. Maybe you're waiting for something. I'm talking to people this week, they're, just, they're waiting for an answer to come through. They're waiting for something to happen, and so tempted to give up. Uh, when it comes to your health, and I want to say especially your mental health. This is where it's so easy. The enemy just wants you to, to give up and just throw in the towel. Don't give up. When you're in a dysfunctional relationship and you're just so tired, we want to give up, right? When you face criticism, there's someone in your life pointing the finger at you, turning the screws on you, it's just you want to give up. When you fail, you, you, just, you, you feel defeated and you feel low and you feel abandoned. You just want to give up. Don't, don't give up. 
God is too good. You are too precious. I, I wish you could hear that today. God is too good for you to give up. You are too precious to him. You are of infinite value to him. Don't give up. So I wonder if you might join me in making a commitment like this one today. To say, I get you, God. That's the way I want to live. I won't give up praying. Whatever it is that you're facing, whether it is, again, suffering, adversity, all the things that we just talked about a moment ago, I won't give up praying. I am going to knock on the door of heaven. I'm going to keep praying, God, until I get to the comeback. I won't give up trusting in you, God. Whatever it takes, God, I am going the distance with you. Even if I don't feel like it, God, I'm never going to give up on my faith in you. I'm going to keep on trusting, God. And to make this commitment with me today, that I won't give up fighting. And that sounds kind of funny, right? Like to, for us to say, you know, we don't fight. But the Bible says there's this, this, this word, this tenacious word in the Bible. It says resist. It's there. The Bible says it. You resist stuff. That means you've got to fight sometimes. You fight it with God's strength. Your own will fail. But you resist and then to say, I won't give up growing. Whatever it is in this waiting period, this wilderness of waiting, I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to learn more about you, God. I'm going to grow in my character. Those things that you're ironing out, the, 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 the stuff that needs to be trimmed off of the surface, I'm going to keep on growing, God. Don't give up. Don't give up. Let's pray. God, we just pray that we could say that authentically today. That, that we're not going to give up on these things. We're not going to give up on what, the, what we have found to become the core of who we are in you. God, I pray that you would clear away the doubts in our minds. How our own minds, our own hearts, and even the enemy tries to poke holes. And whether we're actually going to come through to the other side. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us in our doubts. And then in the midst of that, God, would you, would you please help us to keep on actively waiting for you and serving in you, serving you and trusting in you until you come through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.